Hoody ho! Hey guys, we are here for episode 19. Ah, oh, bullet just laid on me. Um, so yeah, this is a very special episode, and this is going to be an interview with my aunt Tamiko, who is my Japanese great aunt. Um, she is from Hiroshima, uh, Japan, and I found out that she was a great aunt of mine through my dad. Uh, we were kind of talking about it, and as he was talking more and more about her, I was kind of thinking the same thing he was saying, like, oh, she would be great to have on the podcast, something totally different and just, you know, really amazing. She's a good woman, very strong, uh, independent. Like, she does her thing. She's 88 years old. She's got a really good spirit, and, um, yeah, I really enjoyed this. Um, you know, I know some people try to be like, oh, what's your favorite episode? No, no, I just, I don't really have a favorite episode. I'm just enjoying what I'm doing, and this is, this was good. Um, so before we get you over to Antamiko, I want to give you guys some, uh, fill in some of the blanks, because I would ask her some questions, like, what's the population of Hiroshima, and blah, blah, the difference, um, like what's what's the difference between uh, the, the the distance between Hiroshima and Nagasaki? It's like a seven hour drive, seven and a half hour drive. Uh, it was like by plane, it was like less than five and a half. Um, so stuff like that. So I just want to fill you guys in. Um, I believe there was three hundred, there's three hundred and fifty thousand people in Hiroshima before the bomb, um, and there was about two hundred forty thousand in Nagasaki. So I'm just going to read you some of this information, some of these factoids, and then we're going to get you over there. Okay. So, okay. August 1945 will forever be remembered as one of the most dramatic months in history of mankind. Uh, when, a nuclear, when nuclear bombs were used in warfare for the first and last time to date, tragically... This powerful weapon was aimed at civilian targets. On August 6, the Enola Gay dropped the bomb that was dubbed the Little Boy, and it blew up over the city of Hiroshima in Japan. The explosion, which amazed the world, instantly killed nearly 70,000 people. Uh, and a similar number, again, died later from injuries and radiation uh, damage. Three days later, the, bo uh, the boxcar, it's, well, it's B-O-C-K-S-C-A-R, box, boxcar, dropped the Fat Man uh, bomb in, on Nagasaki. Because of the mountainous uh, top topography, I think that's how you say that, right? Topography? Or topography? Topography. Topography! Uh, topography of the city. Um, the damage was smaller, even though the bomb was stronger um, than the previous one. 40,000 died um, from the explosion itself, and another 25,000 people died later from their wounds six days uh, wounds no, okay yeah wounds six days after that the emperor of japan uh hirohito Hiri, hiro hirohito hirohito yes hirohito announced uh, to his people that the government of japan unconditionally surrendered and world war ii ended but these cities were not completely wiped off the face of the earth. In Hiroshima, uh, within two kilometers radius to ground zero, the little boy destroyed all buildings, but within a three kilometer radius or more. Most of the buildings remained intact, including public facilities such as the railway station. Uh, the restoration process took approximately two years and the city's population, which had dwindled to about 
80,000 after the bombing doubled in, in a short time. Until March 1946, the ruins were cleared and the buildings that were damaged but still standing underwent controlled demolition. Already by 1947, most of the streets and the shops were restored and the survivors began to repopulate even, even the heart of Ground Zero. Uh, the fact that water and sanitation uh, infrastructure were not affected also assisted the restoration process. Photographer, and I'm gonna, I'm really gonna uh, really bumble this name, Shin, Shin, Shinkichi, S H U N K I C H I, Shinkichi, I don't, Shinkichi Kikushi. Uh, impressively documented uh, the reconstruction process of the city and created panormous panormous of its re restoration two years after the bombing. Um, the restoration of Nagasaki was slower due to financial difficulties and did not start until 1946. The city changed dramatically following the explosion and new buildings were constructed including civilization fa uh, factories that replaced the military indus industrial buildings that were destroyed uh, eventually by the mid 1950s the two cities returned to the same size they were in august 1945 just a couple more things here and we'll be done guys um what about radiation uh, surprisingly, radiation damage in Hiroshima and Nagasaki were only short-term, unlike the more recent nuclear uh, reactor disasters that took place in Chernobyl, Ukraine, and Fukushima, Japan. Oh, that was the end of that one, period. Uh, what could be the possible uh, reasons for this? Firstly, the bombs were exploded in the air to achieve maximum damage due to huge shock waves so the products of the explosion were mainly pushed up into the atomic mushroom cloud secondly the amount of uh, radioactive material loaded onto the bombs was relatively small uh, 70 kilometers Right, 70? Yep. Yeah, 70 uh, kilometers of uh, uranium on the little boy and 7 kilograms of plutonium on the fat man by comparison. Uh, nuclear reactors contain several tons of radioactive material. Let me just see if there's any more here. Uh, in addition, the products of a nuclear... Uh, uh, detonation are not uh, particularly radioactive and don't contain harmful uh, isotopes like uh, cesium-137, which is still uh, polluting Fukushima and Chernobyl in great quantities. Finally, nuclear bombs are a one-time source of radiation while the melting reactors continue to release large uh, amounts of radiation even today, years after the disaster. Therefore, although, uh, there, uh, therefore, although we cannot compare the loss of life and property during disasters themselves, Hiroshima and Nagasaki were both easy to rehabilitate and rebuild while the Chernobyl and Fukushima areas will remain abandoned and dangerous to live in for many years to come. So there you go, guys. Um, just one quick note, just to kind of my final take before we get you there. You know, this is kind of what I meant when I was, I believe it was during a racial episode when I was talking about America and how we 
like to proclaim that we're the greatest nation and we're these amazing people and, you know, we do everything right and um, this isn't a political thing. You know, this is the all sides. We, we claim all these other, we claim how great we are compared to everyone else. And yeah, and some in comparison, we are easily because of the slums and some of the things that some of these countries are just poor and there's no comparison. But you hear what I've just read to you and on what this war cost, um, you know, how many lives it cost and how many, how much damage, you know, when you hear my, my aunt's story, you'll realize like, She's a 13-year-old girl running around a city, running from a bomb. That is not something to be proud of. Yeah, they did what they did to us. But when do we just say, oh, well, we're so great. We're not going to counteract with that. We're going to find a different take. And no, do I have an answer for how we should retaliate? No. But I will say, we can't just say how great we are when we wipe out, you know, four or five hundred thousand people in two cities because we're so great. We're, we're fantastic. You know, we, we all just like jump on board and say, rah, rah, the soldiers. and blah. OK, well, good for them. And maybe it's controversial and whatever, but, you know, so be it. They just do what they're told. And, yeah, do some of the, do they do brave, you know heroic things out there sure but would they also cause a lot of damage and destruction and this is just the stuff we know about um and you know we need to stop just pretending like we're so well off and so much better we got so many problems here at home and you know but we just look at it like well it's not in our backyard yeah i even remember when like hurricane katrina happened like you know people in this area were like well it's not pennsylvania and that's sad. That's how we are. That's how we're built. That's how we we think. That's how we're made. And um, so I just everybody. Once you hear this, and then hear the end of this, you know your her story. Make sure you love the people that love you back. You know, say goodbye. Say hello. You know, tell them you love them. Because the reality of it is you don't know the last time you're going to see them. Because there's too many savages out in this world that are willing to take what you have. Because they don't have something you do. Um, and yeah. And, and savages could mean a whole government. Or it could mean just one person with a weapon. Or bare hands. Whatever. Um, we, don't, we, we downplay too much. And we just pretend like some of this shit is normal. You know, and... It, it's terrible. You know, it's about peace. And so am I. When when are we going to be able to just put our stupid weapons down and actually agree on something instead of fighting over money, you know, greed, you know, gold, oil, weapons, drugs, you know, it, it's, you know, it, it's amazing. You know, it's well known that we, we trade drugs and weapons with Mexico. You know, we give them weapons, they give us drugs. We know it happens, but we let it go because we get something out of it. So are we better than some of these places? In some ways, in some ways not. Um, I just don't I just don't like the audacity of people, especially people who have never even been outside the country. Like I've never been outside the country. I can't say America's better than Canada. I'm not saying it isn't. I just don't know. I've never been there. Um, and we're so used to our way of life that we just kind of, kind of push to the side of the notion of just, well, they can't possibly be better than us. Well, it is possible. And it's not even a competition. It's just we're the only ones that claim that. We're the only ones that want this stamp of, you know, celebration of, hey guys, look at us. We're the big dick on campus. You guys need to bow down to us well you know what there's a lot of other countries with weapons and and bombs and, and ready to just arm up anytime and you know people are gonna make it like it's a you know like even now with trump and all no it it's us 
We're egotistic. We think we are just better than everyone, and we're not. You know, you want you want to be equal. You want people to get along, and you want people to put the weapons down. Well, you got to self-search and first change you. And a lot of people have trouble doing that. Um, so, yeah, guys, I know I'm rambling, but it's it's sad because I just know none in my lifetime am I ever going to see peace because we have to fight for stupid shit. You know, even on smaller scales, you know, look, we can't even get a stupid stimulus passed pass to help people, you know, put a little money into their business, put a little money in someone's account so they can pay for their child's, um, you know, medicine or food or whatever, rent, you know, tell me, tell me um, this year how, how many landlords are still kicking people out of their apartments and houses. You know, how many people are still raising prices that not giving a flying shit about how you're living? And no, I am not talking about from this perspective because I, I'm i doing okay. But I, I know people who aren't. And it's really fucking frustrating how we just let, you know, this uh, supposed great country of ours just completely treat our people like shit. You know, we have a huge homeless population when's the last time we when are we ever going to address that oh we're not because it's getting worse and worse through this pandemic we're not taking care of our people we never have and we never will and that's why when i talked about the racial angle it's like yes there is a disproportionate amount of certain people not being treated but you know what it's not about in most cases it's not really about race it's more about financial status you know, the poor is always going to be the last ones to be rescued. And there's the middle class. They don't care about them either. And it's and it's not just to say rich people, because there's a lot of good rich people that do a lot with their money. And I, I don't like people who just immediately crap on the, the, the higher class because it's like, well, you they some of these people really did earn their money. And I don't think they should pay a crap amount of taxes because I really think there should be a certain percentage of taxes. Um, you know, like let's just say it's 20% for everybody because there's too many people that don't pay taxes. That That's a huge problem. Um, especially a lot of these bigger businesses and all that. But I think if you just said, even if you're homeless and let's say you, you have $100 in your wallet, you got to pay 20%. $20 comes out. Everybody has to chip in one way or another. And again, but there shouldn't be a homeless. We have to find ways and programs to get these people in homes. And I know we have some. Um, to me, shelters and stuff. But you know what? It's not enough. We just let it happen. And there's too many people that are getting the short end of the stick. And I just want to know what day, what time, are we just going to wake up and just go like, this is wrong. And stop only thinking of ourselves. So, you know, it kind of it made me think. So this stuff I'm saying, I'm doing this part after her interview, but it's making me think. And reading all these statistics and all this destruction that is was caused from it, you know, kind of refreshing, getting it refreshed into my brain. As far as, um, you know, I learned about this stuff in in high school, but now I'm actually older and more mature and, and more uh, intelligent I'm actually trying to process this and it's like this sucks man how many people lost their lives like she lost her whole family because of what someone else did to us and who says we're right who says they're wrong and vice versa so just put some food for thought into your brain just think, you know, always think outside the box. Don't just take whatever's on the news. Don't just whatever your family told you. Just just do some research. Think, try to, even if you don't agree, just do a scenario in your head where you put yourself in those people, like the opposite perspective. Put it, your, do some research and then think how they're, try to think how they're thinking and then, and just see how they can see it. 
even if you don't agree with it, it's still at the end of the day, try to just go, well, I can see how they see it that way. I can see where they're coming from. And, you know, like I said, there's tragedies every damn day. Kids go missing. People die. Um, people are stealing money and, and just taking advantage of their workers and so on and so on. Um, so if you're one of those people out there right now that is working, you know, I don't think they've even given a shit about the workers in this country, at least especially this year. Because it seems like they're doing everything for the people who are off. And that's good too. They should. But also take care of the ones that are working. These companies get all this extra money and then they pocket it and do nothing for their workers. Um, it sucks. So we got to stick together. We have to try to fight together because the only way it's, that's the only way it's going to happen. Fuck your color. Fuck your religion. You know, forget, you know, the gender, any of that. At the end of the day, we all breathe and we need to fight, especially for the people who can't fight. Um, so yeah, stay strong, guys. Thank you for listening, and uh, let's get to my aunt Tamiko. Great interview. Thanks, guys. Okay, so, um, and I may ask you some questions that I might have the an- I know the answer to, but it's just so other people know. Um, so why don't you tell me your whole name? Okay, my name is Tomiko Morimoto West. Okay, I live in Lagrangeville, New York. And, uh, you know, that's anything else you want to know? Um, how old are you now? I'm 88. Okay. Um, so what, what is the relation, like, how are we related? Who, say it again, please. Um, how are we related? Like, how are you on the West family? Oh, my husband. I, I, I married my husband in 1957, and his name was Melvin West. And Melvin West is your father's uncle. Right, okay. That's right. Okay. That's how, how my, my last name is West. Right, right. Like I said, I'm uh, just... Yours is too, right? Your name is West. Yeah, my last name, yes. Right. Um. So uh, where where were you born? Hiroshima, Japan. Ah. ah. 1932. Right. January 13th. Okay. So now, um, what was your childhood like? My childhood. Uh huh. Yes, I I had a very good childhood till you know when I was thirteen that you know atomic bomb was dropped in Hiroshima and uh, you know my life had changed because uh, I lost my whole family, but uh, you know uh, uh, so that's my story there. So what um what what year and what day was the bombing? Oh, bombing was August sixth, nineteen. Just a minute, I got. 1945. Okay. Um, so what were you what were you doing that day before that happened? Oh, I was uh, I was still in high school then, but uh, you know all the high school kids we didn't go to school anymore. But we were working for the Japanese government for uh, you know to uh, support the uh, war warfare. So that's where I was in the factory and. Uh, that's when the bomb dropped. Right. Um, now, were you aware of what happened with Pearl Harbor? Of course. And how how were you like? How did you feel about that? Well, you know, I was very small then. I probably didn't think one thing, one way or the other. You know. However, but you know, I was, uh, uh, you know, Japanese, so certainly I supported everything that Japan did. Right. So. As I said, I was a very small thing. Right, yeah, and you kind of, we get blinded by our governments and what are what we're told. And oh, yeah, right. You know, whatever government does, you know, we all, uh, you know, we all supported it. Um, so where where were you when the when the bomb went off? Oh, uh, you mean atomic bomb? Yeah, when, when Hiroshima oh, yeah, got I hit. I was in Hiroshima, but I was the one end of the town, it's called uh, nearby... Koi Mountain in Hiroshima. Okay. Yeah, and my home was nearby uh, Mount Hiji. That's the other end of, uh, uh, you know, Hiroshima. 
And you were so you were further away from the bomb. Oh no, I I was not that far from it, but uh, you know, luckily, people whom I was with they all got killed, but I was spared, so you know, pretty lucky, I guess. But I mean, okay, so when I'm asking where you were, like, were you in school? Like, where where were you actually? Like, I know you were in Hiroshima, but where, um, like, where were you at? Were you at home? Oh, no, 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 no. I was, we all had to work in a factory at the time. Okay. You know? How old were you? I was, yeah, I was in high school, but, uh, you know, we didn't go to school anymore, but we went to uh, work for, uh, you know, Japanese government. Right. So that's where I was, in a, in a factory. Okay. Uh, Outside, though. Now, the, when the bomb went off, like, what did it sound like? Well, I didn't hear the sound right away, but the first thing I saw was a big flash, right? Because I was watching a plane that was a B-29, uh-huh. and I was watching a plane, and a, a big flash came out of it. And after that, I heard, a, you know... Um, building coming down and uh, things like that so and then after that i had to keep on uh run because the fire was right behind me so i ended up uh, going to this mountain called Oi, and that uh, you know i just had to go where uh, so i won't get burned and so that's where i was there for about two two three days how uh how close was it for you to be affected, whether it's burnt or buildings to fall on you? Like, how close were you to actually being well, killed? Yeah, building, uh, you know, the, some of the debris did hit me, but I didn't have a, such a, uh, you know, uh, heavy, uh, I, didn't, I didn't get hurt that badly. That's good. Um, where, where did you, like, did, did someone take you somewhere? Like, where did you end up going? One, while all this was happening. Oh, oh, oh. We had to keep, I, I nobody took me. I kept on running to uh, this mountain because uh, I had to go where the fire was coming right behind me. So I just had to run, you know. So you were just running in the furthest I, direction from yeah. the fire. And that took me to this mountain I, I told you about. It's the name of the mountain still there. It's K-O-I. Koi, Koi Mountain. That's where I ended up. Right. Was there other people there when you got there? Yeah, everybody ran over there. Okay. Um, now, when did you? Go choice, you know. Right, right, right. No, I got you. Um, no, like, when did you actually realize like what was going on? Oh, I didn't even know what kind of bomb it was, but I just saw uh, we had to stay. We had to stay on the mountain. Three days, so you know, I saw the Hiroshima burning, and uh, of course, I didn't know what kind of bomb it was. Right, but I mean, when when did you actually realize, like, like when when did the information finally get to you that, like, oh, you were under attack by a different government, and and you know, you're. Oh, oh, well, I I wasn't aware of it to another week or so, you know, because uh, I had no communication from anybody, right? Right. <clears throat> so I had no information of what kind of bomb it was or anything like that. So, you know, August 15th, Japan had a surrender. Oh, okay. August 15th. But uh, I didn't even know that because uh, we had no radio, we didn't have anything, but we've heard that the Japan had a surrender. That was 19, uh, 15th of August, it was, right. 1946. Now, which one was first? Was Hiroshima or Nagasaki first? Oh, Hiroshima first. Right, okay. So that you had no information that this was even going to happen. Um, oh, of course not. Whereas no. Nagasaki at least had something. Um, right. But, you know, uh, TJ, the uh, funny thing is that I thought it was just a regular bomb, you know? Right. Because I didn't heard of an atomic bomb before, right? Uh-huh. But then, you know, once you see how much damage it did, you could tell it was definitely something beyond just your regular, right. typical, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, how, do you know, the, like, uh, how far apart the two bombs were from Nagasaki and Hiroshima? Like, you know, how many, like, you know, whether it was a couple weeks or 
week or so okay I, I can get i can get this back but i just don't have to have it in my head right now no you're fine you're fine don't worry about it i i think i said i'm just asking just for the audience and i might do an intro where i'll 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 find the facts and i'll 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 put it in there um oh, you can okay yeah i'll do it after we do this um how and you know how how far apart are uh hiroshima and nagasaki as far as distance wise like a couple hours or Nagasaki, you know, with my husband later too, uh-huh. and uh, yeah, I that you gotta check how many miles away it is from Hiroshima to Nagasaki. Okay, right, I okay. leave that to you. All right, fair enough. <laughs> um, when did you kind of realize, like, you know, when you start, like, when did you start thinking about, like, oh no, like, what's, where's my family, and and the oh, severity I, of that? Yeah, I came down from, I came down from this Mount Koi. Uh, Three days later, and I went to, uh, you know, I walked all the way to where my home was, uh-huh. and that's when I found out my everybody, you know, got killed. Oh, okay, yeah. You, you didn't even question it to see if maybe they were alive? You just figured they were all gone? Uh, well, I I went to where my home was, and uh, the one of the men who used to work for us, he saw me, and he told me that, uh, you know, that... Everybody uh, uh, evacuated to the mountain, and uh, you know when I found out, my family were you know killed. Then, right? I'm sure you were extremely devastated. Oh, you know, I should have been very devastated, but I kept on thinking maybe still alive. You know, I had that in my mind. Right. Yeah. So I kept on you know searching, but no. They were well. Anyway, when when did you find when did you finally kind of come to that realization that they aren't gone? They aren't coming oh, back. Okay. Uh, first, my grandmother and grandfather did escape for the moment, okay. and uh, in yeah, they were in a cave in uh, this mountain. I saw them, but then uh, my grandfather died. He had. Uh, all the piece of glasses was fitted into his back, oh. and it was all infected, and he died, and my grandmother died uh, right after that. But my grandfather lived till 26th of August. Okay. Of that year? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, how many people did, like, how many people were in your household? As far of us. Like- my mother, my grandparents, and myself. My father died when I was only six. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So you you were, uh, and I'm sure I'm sure part of this, you were pretty numb to what was going on because. Oh yeah, exactly. Because it's like some something so shocking happens. You're running for your life, and then you got to spend a week over this mountain and try to survive. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh well, yeah. here's your house. It's gone. Even even if you thought your family was alive, you still lost all your you know clothing, yeah. your your house, anything that was in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the incredible thing was uh, when my grandfather father died, we still had the Japanese uh, army, and he came, he wanted to collect my grandfather's uh, uh, body. Uh-huh. I won't let them have it. I said, I'll burn him, you know, myself. And so I was only 13, but I, was, I became a very, you know, strong. One can do that when you, you know. Right, right. When it comes. Like, it, you can become like a giant, you know? Yeah. Do you remember how old you were when that happened? I and mean, you said you were a teenager, but do you remember how old? I was 13. Wow. 13. One, three. Um, so where did where did you end up staying? Like, did, did you have any family outside the town or outside the city? Like, where did you... I know you said you oh, went to... The, uh, yeah, a couple of my aunts, they came to get me, so I stayed with the both of them, you know? And... Uh, uh, well, they are again too. They had a big family, and I had to work like a no. <laughs> well, anyways, that was part of my sad story, but that's okay. No, uh, it's okay. No, 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 that's all right because uh, I afterwards 
DJ, life is what, however you ever make, make of it. I was very uh, kind of angry with my uh, aunt, but then I thought to myself, if it, if it hadn't been for my aunt, I probably had to go to orphanage, right? Right. So, you know, so everything turned out okay. Yeah, of course. And I'm still in touch with my uh, my cousins and uh, second cousins and stuff in Japan. Right. Um, now, when when did you actually learn any English? Oh, uh, we were learning English in, already in 1945 in high school. Okay. But then uh, Japan was at the war with uh, you know United States, so they quit teaching us. So after. War was over. I resumed learning English, and uh, I went to extra school as well to to study English because I really wanted to do that. And you're you're completely like ethnicity wise, you're completely Japanese. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah. All right. None wrong with that. Um, yeah, I am a hundred percent Japanese, and you know what? I'm very happy that I am because, uh, you know, I think that would make me a very strong person. Of course, yeah. I mean, in order for you to get through all that, I mean, you... Yeah, you, you know, that from samurai teaching and all that stuff, I think I'm very happy to be one, really. Right. Well, and, and you know, it's not even that you're just Japanese, like you're a survivor of a bomb, so, uh, of a very known bomb, um during, you know, probably the biggest war yeah. we ever been through, any of us. Um, maybe not me, because I wasn't alive, but you know what I mean, as far as United States and Japan. and um, Yeah, I mean, you know, and again, like, it, you kind of have to wear your battle scars, if you will. Like, the only way you get to where you yeah. get to is by, you know, experiences but, but in you life. Know, uh, TJ, this is how I think, too. It's, it's a terrible thing to have a war. Right. Having to lose my family, yes. But if it won't be for the war, I never have met my husband either, right? Right, right. Yeah, you yeah. gotta always try to spin it in a positive way, even if it is dark and sad. You gotta try yeah. to find your way through the, you know, I guess metaphorically rubble and debris. But in your case, literally. Um, yeah, but you know that uh, there is a two different ways of think about things too. You know, even if it's a tough time, you know. It's always could it be worse, right? Right. Uh, yeah, of course. It gets worse for everybody. Like, I, even for me, I mean, you obviously know I have an eye condition and all the stuff I've been through. You know, I always look like I could be blind, and I'm not. Um, oh, yeah. But, yeah, that your father told me, you know, what had happened, you know, with your condition. Right. I'm very sorry, but I'll tell you, you are such a strong person. Well, so are you. Yeah, and, but, he, you know... Having to have what you went through, I think, made you such a strong, good person. That's what I think. I try, and there's, I've had a lot of good people around me too. But yeah, it, it helps. It really does. Um, you know, yeah. Obviously, I, I, you know, I'm aware. Most people probably couldn't have gotten through what I got through. But mm-hmm. you know, I'm still here, mm-hmm. and you know, it's, it's in the bloodstream. And you are now 32, right? Yes, ma'am. Oh, you are. Only a baby. <laughs> I don't feel like it, though. My back hurts, and God knows what else. Right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, my body's taking a beating, so. Yeah, com- com- compared to me, you're like a little infant. I understand. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I'm well aware. Um, trying to think. Is, is there any details, like, that you remember from as far as, like I said, a lot of people don't have this experience. It's it's totally new. Um you know, like what what did what did Hiroshima look like as you were looking at it from the mountain? Oh, okay. When when I got to the mountain, already the entire city was on fire. Right. And at night time, you could you could see that entire Hiroshima is just you know burning. Right. Yeah. What was your f- form of communication back then? Because obviously we don't have all these cell phones and all that, but how did people communicate back then? You didn't. You didn't, right. So, okay. Yeah, I didn't even know what happened till I finally reached where my home was, you know? Uh-huh. And, yeah, and Hiroshima is the uh, uh, seven rivers, rivers go through 
from Hiroshima. So you have to cross the, the, all the bridges to get to where my home was, right? Uh -huh. The bridge all burned down. So you, I have to keep, keep on going from one bridge to the other. And one place I could get across was uh, like a railroad bridge. Right. And, uh, you know, you can see the uh, water underneath you, uh, you know, uh, railroad ties. So that was scary. All the people did were just floating away to the ocean, you know. Uh -huh. And I said, oh, my goodness, if I ever fell, fell down, I would have gone to the ocean with those dead people. But yeah. I didn't get across. Oh, good for you. Um yeah. yeah. How, do you know how big the population like is 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 Hiroshima a big like a big city for people in yeah, America? It is. Okay. Yes. Is, is so it's Japan. Uh, actually, one... at that time, Hiroshima was seventh, uh, seventh big city in Japan at that time. You uh, said seventh. Uh, seventh, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, anyways, uh, that population, you probably have to. Get that okay? I don't right, have right. it in my head. Right no, that's okay. I just I I don't need the exact number. I just wanted to know was it a pretty big because you know yeah, I was you trying to figure out why the United States would go after them. Mm -hmm. I mean, we know why they went after Japan, but why they went after Hiroshima of all the cities? Uh, maybe it was just uh, I don't quite know, but you know that when they uh, they came to Hiroshima, I guess the B twenty nine flew to. Flew to Hiroshima from Guam Island. Right. And I think that the weather was the most conducive for uh, using a bomb. So I understood. Oh, you know? gotcha. Yeah. But I, but I guess uh, still, uh, TJ, the destination was Hiroshima anyway. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, you know, Hiroshima had uh, had uh, very famous uh, uh, harbor. Harbor. Harbor, right. Did, you understand, right? Harbor, right, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah, harbor, you know, that sent all the soldiers out from right. Hiroshima. Right. Maybe that was the reason why, too, you know. I, I don't know. Well, and then you got Pearl Harbor, which they hit, and it's like, you know, maybe that was oh, oh, yeah. that was their yeah. form of, you know, going after one of theirs. Um, right. Which I always have arguments with people, like even over here, it's like, you know, we always talk about how we're this great nation, but it's like, yeah, but look what we did. Yes, we got attacked by another nation and it's terrible but yeah. look what we did to them it's not you know when do you become the bigger man and actually do the right thing you know wiping out a whole two two uh sit major cities is not going by going about it the right way um, oh, yeah and again it doesn't mean that pearl harbor wasn't terrible but you know you're not making up for it and you're not showing that you're the better people by just blowing up two cities um, because you look yep. at someone like you, you had, you're a young girl and you, you had nothing to do with any of these wars. Even, oh, no. <clears throat> even if you felt, even if the government is just telling you how to feel, yeah, you feel that way, but that's, that's not your fault. I mean, you're one, you're 13, um, but it's like a 13 year old yeah. shouldn't have to run from a bomb. Um, regardless. Well, yeah. But, but, you know, uh, TJ, as I said, it won't be for this war. I never met my husband, right? Whom I was with. Over 60 years, he died two and a half years ago, but, uh, you know. I'm so sorry. Something good came out of it, too. Right. Um, so I want to talk about, like, when when did you, when and why did you go to the United States? Oh, I I had a friend in Wisconsin who was like a, a pen pal, and uh, they helped me to come to school in the United States. It, it's in Manamani, Wisconsin. Manamani, Wisconsin. Okay. So, so that was the reason why I came, and that was uh, help from one of the churches. Church oh. of, uh, uh, yeah, so that's how it happened. How old were you then? I must have been about 18, maybe. Oh, okay. Um, now, did you have any kind of hesitation of wanting to come to the, the you know, the country that attacked you? something that's so funny you asked me that i n never even felt united states as the country who attacked attacked you know japan that's that uh you know i just never had that kind of mindset i guess i mean you, you just thought it was just whatever it was, it's part of war 
and you, right, you didn't right. you didn't look at it as, as a personal attack on you. No, and you know I came to Wisconsin, right? Uh-huh. And I was so lucky because I never felt anybody ever ever you know was prejudiced against me. I met so many nice people, you know. Was and the, some of those people I'm still in touch with them. Right. Did you have any kind of you know poor you know as far as negative treatment towards you because of being J- Japanese? Yes, only time that was when uh, my husband and I tried to get married in Georgia, you know, state of Georgia. Uh-huh. They didn't want to marry us because I was not white. Right, you're not an interracial couple and all that. Right, so my husband got so angry, but then we went to South Carolina, and uh, it was okay there. Right. Now, where where did you meet your husband? Where? Yeah, where did you meet him? him in Yokohama, Japan. I was working there. You met him in Japan or New York? Oh, that's, no, no. This is in Japan. Oh, so you met your husband in Japan. Right. Then, yeah, after that, he went to Korean War to uh, to Korea, and uh, we always, you know, uh, corresponded. Uh, because I was studying, yeah, I was studying English, too, so you know, it was, I, I enjoyed writing to him, too, you know. Right. Now, was he, what was he doing over in Japan? Oh, he was a soldier. Uh, American soldier? Yes. Oh, okay. So was, was he one of the ones they left back as far as, um, yeah. you know, like for information and to keep an eye on what's going on there? Because um, we still have soldiers there today. Um, but yeah, so you met him, So was he just walking around town? Like, how did you actually bump into no, him? No, no, no. My husband, yeah, this is a place called 7th Base Post Office. Okay. That's American Post Office, you know. But I was, you know, since I was, uh, you know, I was able to read and write uh, uh, English, you know, I was hired to work there. Right. Um, Yeah, no, that's pretty cool. Um, you, You didn't, like I said, same thing what I asked you earlier, but you didn't have any hesitation on, you know, he's an American man and, uh... No, I didn't because, you know, you never met my husband, but he's such a gentle person. Right. Right? So, anyways, um, no, I never had that feeling like that. Never. Right. Now, when you, you know, because you said he went back to war and all that, did he... When did you guys actually reconnect and actually move to America? America already, right. but then I came to school, right? Mm-hmm. So I went to, uh, he was stationed in uh, uh, Fort Gordon in Georgia. So I came, I went there to meet him. Oh, okay. From Wisconsin, yeah. And then when did, when did you guys actually move to New York? I'm just, uh, I'm just trying to think. Now. It's okay, take your time, uh, no uh, biggie. Probably wasn't. Oh yeah, I know. 1958. Oh okay, 1958. Okay. Um, so my husband, uh, my husband, uh, you know, mom lived in Poughkeepsie, New York. That's why we came here. Yeah, right. Poughkeepsie, right. Poughkeepsie, New York. Um, yeah. What was it like for you to go through 9-11? Oh, this is a sad story. My best friend, my best friend's son got killed there. In the towers? So that was a very, very sad time for me. Yeah. He was in the towers? Yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah, he worked in that, you know, one of the twin towers. Uh-huh. He got killed there, and, you know, it's it was a sad, such a sad day. I bet. Yeah, it was sad forever. But, I mean, and what uh, what was it like for so you to witness that again? I mean, it technically wasn't a bomb, but, you know, it was still uh, on that, it was on that scale of destruction. Yeah, you you know, uh, my girlfriend, you know, whose son got killed, she called me, and she said, Tomiko, are you watching TV? I said, yeah. I said, 
you know, my son was in a, or, you know, I just didn't know what to say, you know. Of course. Yeah. Mm. It was bad for everybody. I just figured you would have a different, I mean, you, like I said, it's something you were already used to. I'm sure it probably brought up some kind of memories. Oh, you know something, TJ, you never can get used to the war. No. Yeah. You it, know? Yeah. I mean, because, you know, there's so many things that are glorified now, and you see people getting shot, and, you know, just every day somebody dies or something happens, but when, when these major incidents happen, it, it changes everything for a lot of yeah. people. Yeah, but TJ, you know, now that the people dying with this virus, you know, it's so sad. Yeah. Yeah, and so. spe- especially, like, in your case, like, being older. Um, yeah, so, you, uh, your father can tell you, you know, I'm pretty much self-quarantined. Uh, yeah. You know, I don't let the people come in. Oh, okay. Or, yeah, when I go out, I'm very, very careful. I wear my mask and... You know, things like that. So, I'm okay, though. Do you, did you, um, was there any condition or anything you got as far as, like, later from the bomb? Was there Do any? you know, I really don't. And if, this is so funny. I was telling, uh, you know, uh, your stepmom, Debbie, I think this atomic bomb thing may be very stronger. You know, I, I have all my teeth and, you know, just very... I became a very strong person, health-wise. Right, because I know yeah, a lot of people my who... My mind is strong, too. Oh, of course. That's probably... My the... mind is strong, but my brain is not too strong right now. <laughs> it's okay. I think that's just with age. <laughs> um, but you got to keep something strong. The mind is probably the best part. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I was just asking because I know a lot of people... There's a lot of people who died afterwards um, just from the oh, effects, yeah. uh, especially yeah, in Nagasaki. Yeah. So many my my some of the cousins they died afterwards, you know. Right. Yeah. yeah That's why I was wondering if but, you had any effects from it. Uh, no, no, so not at all. That's good. I mean, hey, you got lucky there. Yeah, and and you know, I walk across the Hiroshima, you know. Yeah. And it was full of that that poison, right? Right. And I walk right through it. Yeah, I didn't even think and, of that. Yeah. But only thing I can remember, I never drank water though. No. Oh. Always, yeah. I maybe that has something to do with because if I ever drink water, I think I, you know, I probably would have been, you know, I probably died or something. But no, I just, uh, I was pretty lucky. Did they have you wear any masks or anything? Nothing. Nothing, right? <laughs> and no. now. I, and now you're wearing a mask every day, and there's no bomb going around. Yeah, yeah, I know it. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, yeah. It's funny how life circles so, back around. Yeah, so TJ, what are you going to do with this story? Um. Well, so like I was trying to tell you before, I, I do a podcast, and, you know, I tell, I talk about my life and stuff like that. Um, I've uh-huh. in, I've interviewed people like my mom, but then I interview a lot of my friends, and they talk about their dece- uh, diseases. And, and oh, I see. And then you know I've done a I've done an episode on addiction you know like drug addiction not for me but a friend of mine. Oh, oh yeah yeah. Um, okay. And I talk about I've had an episode on race and just different topics just it, topics that most people don't like to talk about. Um, oh, and I, but I just, you know I TJ let me tell you I give you a lot of credit for doing that. Yeah, I just I you know especially with me like being you know quote unquote disabled. You know, I've never let anything stop me, so I tried to, you know, I got tired of sitting around and telling everybody, uh, like, I okay. want change. And yeah, I can't... Then, uh, yeah. DJ, you have a problem with your eyes, right? Right, yeah, I'm legally blind. I'm, I can see, but not enough to drive, and, you know, they're not oh, great. Oh, oh, oh. So, if you have any more thing you have to, uh, you know, ask me, you're welcome to call me now. This telephone number comes up. I know it's you. Okay? Right. Yeah. Um. Before I end this, I just want to see. Um. So what? What is? What is your like? Your your final take like on rate or not race? Uh, uh, on war and peace. Like what? What is it that you really would like from all governments, not just the United States, not just Japan, but. Um, yeah. Well, you you know I am uh, you know world peace ambassador, so I talk at the many places. Oh, but do this you? Year, I do. Yeah. Last year I talked at the UN. 
Oh, uh, wow. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, not, uh, I'm sorry. Yes, last year. This year, you know, I didn't want to go into New York City. So I had an interview here outside, but this is all in Japanese, um, unfortunately. Otherwise, I'll send you the site, you know, but you sure. won't understand. No, that's okay. Um, now, have you, you ever, have you ever done any kind of translating? I do, but I don't really like to, you know, because right. uh, I am, you know, I'm in touch with the, most of my students whom I taught at the Vassar College, and, you know, my days uh, spend so much on my, front of my computer, right? Uh-huh. So I don't feel really like to do translation too much. Right. It takes too much time, yeah. What, um, what, what did you do, like, professionally in the United States, like, for work? College. Oh, okay. I got you. I told you that, right? I was there for 22 years. Right, okay. And I'm still, yeah, I'm still affiliated with the college, though, you know. Okay. Um, what, what was it, you know, just to finish up, what was it like to uh, speak in front of the whole, in the, you know, uh, the, uh, Jesus, what did you just say? I'm losing my mind. Um, in the, uh, the uh, RN, not the RN, um, where, where did you just... Oh, you in? The UN, sorry, thank you, yes. Oh, yes, yeah, oh, yes. Well, certainly I talk about the world peace. Then, you know, what I always say in the end is when you leave home, please leave, you know, love your family and have your family say, I love you when you leave because sometimes that's the last time you you see the person, right? That's what happened to me. When I left my mother, I never saw her again, right? right. So that's how I usually uh, end my my mm. talk, you know. Right. Did you, did you? Oh, so you tell your whole story and everything that happened? Yeah, I do. Okay. And a lot of times I have, uh, you know, I have a lot of uh, questions from audience too. Right. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Now, what do they say? Yeah. You're, are you like a representative of the United States, or or just are you? Well, no, Big, but uh, yeah, but you know, I just uh, uh, try to talk for that world peace, but I'm not representative or anything like that. You think we'll ever get there? I don't think so. TJ, I'm already 88 years old, right? So, right, if, yeah, but anyways, you know, I'm not gonna die for a while, though. No, you better not. Um, no. Right. Now you think, if you think, you know, like there's people that fight each other every day. Like you look at like North and South Korea, they live right next to each other and they hate each other. It's. Uh, isn't, yeah. But you know what? Uh, you know, like uh, in Germany, Germany was uh, divided into, right? You right. know, yep. West and East. You know, when you divide a country like that, it, it's not good. No. And some, I feel like United States getting. Divided too. Oh, know, absolutely. Yeah, and that scares me. Oh yeah, it's scary. And and the reality is, there's a like, especially with even like white and black people and stuff like that. The reality of it is, like a lot of us really do get along and like each other. But then you have things like the media and all the news and stuff that's just dividing mm-hmm. us more and more. And you don't yes. get to see the good parts of everyone actually giving, you know, loving each other and caring about each other. Um, yes. All you see is the fighting and the horrible shootings oh, and all that. that. Is, yeah. mm. So, uh, TJ, I hope I have a chance to see you someday. Yes, I will try to make. I will again. We have to wait till all this crap clears up. But um, oh yeah, I know. But you know, uh, well, this is uh, as long as the people are protesting and they're not keeping their distance and they're not wearing a mask, this yeah. only gonna spread more. I know. Um, that's unfortunate. Um, I do have one more question for you. So you said you um, you ha- you have some things to do. What else do you want to do with the rest of your life? What do I? Yeah. Well, right now I'm not doing anything, you know, special. But as I told you, I keep in touch with all my former students from Vasa. So I'm doing a lot of communication with uh, people whom I know. That's right. what I do. Yeah, I mean, is there anything you would like to do, regardless of the virus or not? Is there anything you would like to do with the rest of your life? Is there something you, oh, a goal you have? Oh, well, 
Right now, my goal is uh, is to not catch this virus. <laughs> okay. And also, uh, yeah, I keep on talking people about, uh, you know, how important it is to, uh, you know, uh, try to get along with uh, your, your neighbors and your friends and, you know, yeah. you just have to. And in order to do, do that, you have to be very, uh, you have to be very peace with yourself, right. number one. No, how yeah. I feel. yeah, and I and I love the sentiment you said earlier about, you know, loving the ones because you never know, like especially in your case, like you never know that might be the last time you ever see them. Um, yeah. Oh, DJ, please remember that, okay? Yeah, I've I've tried, especially with this virus. You know, more and more, I I try to just reach out, even the people that, you know, like I live in Williamsport now, but I used to live in Philly, and I try to keep in touch with all them. And you yeah, know. you said that you lived in Philadelphia, right? Yeah, for for twenty two oh, years. Oh yeah, yeah. Big city, and you are now in uh, Williamsport. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, yeah. But my mom is she? She's a nurse, and she's a nurse in Philadelphia, and you know that's one of our hot zones for this virus. And she's oh, oh yeah, right. She's yeah, being tested okay. all the time, and she's got a lot of other problems. And it's like so, it's just like, yeah. you, you got to try well, to keep an eye on her, and it's hard to do when you're four hours away. Oh yeah. Uh, so, uh, anyways. Maybe someday I have a chance to meet you. I hope so. I will definitely try. I promise. I'm going to try to get down there. I just... Well, ma- yeah, maybe when this is over, maybe your father can drive me over. Yeah, well, you know? I will I will try to, you know, like I said, if some of this yeah. stuff calms down, I will try to make it up there, and we'll try to do something. Oh, yeah. So, if we have any more questions, you can call me anytime. Of course. That, all right? Yeah, I'm I appreciate sorry, I this. I really do. Yeah, if I don't pick up the telephone, just leave a message with you. I did, and you didn't. You didn't answer, and then I. I, I didn't. Oh, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> don't. <laughs> I I am very reluctant in so many things. I'm I'm just lazy. It's okay. So, I will well, call you once a week, yeah. though. We're gonna keep in touch. Okay, okay. Thank you so much for calling, dear. Yeah, thank you. I love you. I'm glad you did this. I love you. Bye. Oh, bye. <laughs>